0: Defying all hatred, be the love. Beyond toleration, be the love. Before pride and exaltation, be the love.
1: Be the love. You are listening to be the love to awaken our souls. We are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast.
2: Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time.
1: This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno.
0: This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial.
0: And I am Sam Fernandez.
1: And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Melissa Chernock. Melissa is a Pilates, yoga, trauma release, energy, and soul medicine practitioner. She has been mentoring women in nervous system resilience, emotional healing skills, and mastering energy to step out from the imprisonment of a closed heart and become brave enough to show their true self and ask for what they want in relationships. She specializes in mentoring women through the inner journey of menopause and to face what has been ignored and can no longer be repressed. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Melissa. Thank you. i just... Love the opportunity to
2: talk about this stuff that doesn't get spoken about. And so I saw the opportunity to speak with you guys. My heart is just open to all of the experiences that I know so many women go through, having gone through it myself. So, yeah, it's really lovely to share this with you. And all the way from Australia as well. That's pretty oh, cool.
1: Both so cool. I love technology and how it has really, you know, brought us together. And, and we're really excited that we can just have this platform to be able to provide that, to have these powerful, much needed conversations. And so I'm wondering um, first if you want to get us started and just tell us a little bit about what got you down um, this path of healing for you.
2: I think recognizing at a very early age that I, I that something wasn't quite right in my life and observing my relationship always having this capacity to be able to observe what was going on with me, um, not so entrenched in it that, that I wasn't always curious. And my, I guess my relationship with my mum was sort of the first sort of calling card. Why is, why is she not open to me? Why, why is this relationship here? Why do I feel as a five or six and eight-year-old like I have to behave a certain way to get her attention? And it was almost like that was the training ground. And t- to be really honest with you, I've had experiences of remembering being in utero as well and freaking out that I was coming into this life. Like, you know, we sign up to come into these experiences. And I do remember having this very vivid Oh, my God, what have I got myself in for again? So it's kind of been happening since then. Um, But I think the biggest line in the sand for me was breast cancer at the age of 40. For a very healthy woman who ran a Pilates studio and looked after everyone else, To get breast cancer, for me, it was so much more than just a physical disease that I needed to hand responsibility for my recovery over to the chemotherapy and to the breast surgeon. It was literally a a waking up, your body is proliferating something very serious out of nowhere to get your attention. Because my meditation practice and my, my studies of um, philosophy and, and the Vedas and Bhagavad Gita, which, which all started long before the breast cancer, and I got to see, aha, that was preparatory. That was preparing me for what was coming, that capacity to go in. I just paid full attention to my body and I let myself go through the physical um, beating. That is chemotherapy, breast reconstruction, complete loss of identity as a woman. I let myself go down that physical um, tunnel and I knew when I got out the other side, if my body got me through this, I had some fairly significant healing I needed to do. So I started to listen. And that was probably the biggest wake-up call. And, and I was only 40 and I had a son. He was eight at the time. And I just said to God, I said, I need to live for this eight-year-old. So I will do what you need me to do. And my my faith is, is purely of my direct connection to source. And so then I just started to let my body open up, guys, and pay attention to what was going on inside of me with great respect because, you know, I'd gone through cancer and pretty bad cancer.
1: That sounds like it must've been just a traumatic experience, you know, just receiving that kind of diagnosis and also how it sounds like it really catapulted you in a whole other journey of healing. And so can you share a little bit about what that part of your journey was like?
2: Well, it kind of started to make sense At that point, all of the things that I had been doing in my life up to then were readying me for what was about to happen. And that included lots of yoga retreats, learning to be a yoga teacher. I went to India several times and I sat in front of teachers and fell into the arms of what felt like the great mother, you know, that I didn't get growing up. So as I I sat in my car sobbing, in the, in the month after my treatment finished, I was scared to go home. And that wasn't like me. I had a, a beautiful husband and son, and, and I knew this was the next phase of it. So I, I went to the doctor and I said, I, I think I'm depressed. And, and, of course, after the, the whammy that, that any major disease is, it was like my physical body had done what it needed to do. Now came the aftermath. Now came the tsunami of the emotion, and I can just feel it in my body, remembering it. And so I sat in front of the doc, the GP, the general practitioner, and I said, I, I'm crying all the time and I don't want to go home. And of course, he offered me antidepressants. And of course, I said, No, I've had enough drugs in my body to last a lifetime. I started seeing a psychologist, which I think is a really good starting point because she was a specialist in post breast cancer treatment and she just gave me a few practical tools about you know would you look in the mirror would you tell your best friend that you hated her breasts would you tell her all the things you're telling yourself and it was just that mental realm kickstart that I needed and I I had four of those five sessions with that psychologist and I knew I needed to go further and the amazing thing that happened was I found myself on a kinesiologist's table and I was laying there and I started to have visions. And that's when my clairvoyance, like, really, I started to trust it. And what I started to see in my body as I laid on this table and there was essential oils and the, the beautiful practitioner working on me, I started to see myself in my body, curled up, hiding. At various ages, I've got goosebumps recalling this. And it was like five-year-old Melissa was hidden behind a boulder in my lungs, like just hiding from the world. And it was undeniable that all I had to do was meet each version of me that let herself be seen and basically re basically sit in front of her and tell her how bloody courageous she was to get through what she got through as a child and ask her what she needed and be that mother to her that she that she didn't get and I I, we as the divine presence can do that for ourselves and it was all intuitive I didn't have a guidebook I didn't have someone telling me this is how you're going to heal from cancer and this is how you're going to help other people it was like it just came through me so all i had to do then was listen and have faith and you know the kinesiology table experiences turned into meditation moments where i just got to see the light And how everything that between me and remembering who I truly was was merely a physical obstacle in my body that my history had brought through for me to meet and love and acknowledge. And then she was healed. And then I had to integrate it. And then I started to learn about my nervous system. And I I became a trauma practitioner because I knew I needed, it wasn't just about affirmations wasn't just I am powerful I am love it's like this stuff was in my body this this girl she just kept appearing and then a few months later it'd be 13 year old Melissa like hiding behind my liver like really angry really mad but nobody was listening to her and so I started to think okay so this is in this is all in my body so I learned about the trauma and Learned how to do this muscle tremoring, which is called TRE, and I know you guys have it where you live because it's everywhere in the world. And I got to see that until I addressed my nervous system and the state of disassociation, which is numbness, functionally getting on in the world, I'm a mum, I'm a parent, I ran a speech pathology department, all of those things were able to be done but I was dead on the inside. I didn't feel anger. I didn't feel extremes of emotion. I was lucky if I felt contentment. And contentment was all I got. And every time I felt content, I would text my husband and say, I feel really content today because it was acknowledging a sensation. So what I feel about the nervous system now, Stacey and Sam, is it's often overlooked when it comes to our emotional healing so i knew it was the infrastructure and and so i i hit the nervous system stuff i tremored my stuff out for five years before i even considered taking on a client before i even considered learning to be a practitioner because one thing i know well two things i know you have to embody the experience before you can authentically go out and teach others. I did Pilates for 10 years before I even thought about being a Pilates teacher, et cetera. Because if it's not in your body, if you don't resonate at that frequency, it never felt right to go and take it out into the world. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened with the nervous system and then that felt like that was going to be the, the infrastructure of everything else because there was safety in my body. I felt safe to feel these things. And if we don't feel safe to feel stuff, of course we're going to repress it. Of course we're going to go years ignoring this needling feeling that I'm not happy. And on the outside, everything looks happy and everyone says, oh, your husband, he's such a lovely man, all of those things. But but if, if you don't have that capacity to feel safe and trust what's going on inside of you, then you're just pretending at
1: life, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, the nervous system, it's, I mean, everything is stored, you know, as our, um, the, in that fight or flight, you know, or freeze, dissociate, appease, you know, we're always on, you know, for, and, and most people I think are struggling with some kind of trauma, you know, because we've got so much trauma in our world you know even even vicarious trauma even if someone doesn't think there's trauma there's there's trauma you know from um you know maybe not getting needs met or maybe something was said on you know on the playground or you know uh, to you know the most extreme things you can think of and so yeah i think when we focus on the nervous system you know, the vagus nerve, right? There's the polyvagal theory, which, you know, is um, being talked a lot about right now, as far as like how, you know, our, our body is just, you know, um, it freezes, you know, and in so many ways and and reacts um, based on our experiences. And so, I'm wondering, like if you can talk a little bit more about like what um, what kinds of clients you work with and what are you seeing and and how are you supporting them through this level of trauma? Well,
2: as we evolve and change, my clients have have sort of changed in the kind of clients I've attracted. Mostly. Um, I have women come to me I'm starting to get men emailing me through the videos I'm putting out about um, the changes in relationship after menopause but mostly it's women who who aren't feeling anything and they're they're too scared to open the Pandora's box that's the expression they'll often use or one of my clients said to me he said it feels like there's a lid on everything about here and if I start to open it I'm going to explode Because we don't get taught how to manage our emotions. There's there's no real schooling in how to safely manage your emotions and especially don't share them with someone else because then there might be an experience of that being unsafe and then our nervous system will lock it in. So the kind of people that find their way to me, me are the people that sit and listen to my videos. Now, I'm not much of a writer. I don't do a lot of writing. I'm not a blogger. I don't. But when I sit in front of the camera, I feel like I'm talking to to these women because their pain or their numbness is so acute to me because I lived it. So they find their way to me having watched a YouTube video or a Facebook Live. I used to do a lot of Insta Lives, but I've kind of moved to YouTube now. And they're just saying, I, I don't even know where to start. I want to feel something. But how do I feel good stuff when all, I, when, when all that happens when I start to feel is that oh, I don't want to feel that stuff. So I teach them about their nervous system. I teach them how to do the muscle tremoring. I teach them how to regulate their nervous system. I teach them how to be in control of their anxiety as opposed to letting it run the show. And then when they've got that baseline of like, ah, that feels better, I feel safe with you, Mel, because what our nervous system is always looking for is a safe harbour. And when we don't detect safety, we go back into our pattern. So my role has always been to offer an open, safe nervous system for my clients. And and unbeknownst to them, they're drawn to that. So then I teach them, well, you can feel this way too in your nervous system. Now that we've done that, what are you feeling in your body? This is about embodiment. So mostly what I teach people is to how to be in their body. You feel this emotion? Just describe it for me. What are the sensations? Can you see any colours? Can you see anything there? Where do you feel it in your body? So that they get out of this. And and this is helpful. Our intellect is important. Our mind plays a role. But, you know, mind, body, spirit. So, So my bit is let's go into your body. Let's understand what's happening. Let's process the emotions. And then let's sit together and talk about What does it actually feel like now that you've let the energy of that emotion go through your body? Hey, look, you're not a puddle on the floor. Hey, look, the world didn't end. How do you feel having just gone on that little 20-minute journey with me? And they'll sit back and they'll say, oh, that feels really good. So now they get to develop trust in, in their body's capacity to move through something. So then we've got layers, right? So what's on the surface? And then six months later, there's like, then they're really processing some deep stuff. And the final piece of the puzzle is the energetics. Because we can use states of energy to feel what it's going to feel like to be free of this pain. We wouldn't seek out a practitioner. We wouldn't seek help if at some level we didn't know what was possible for us. Does that make sense? You know, it's like the quantum us, the us that is resilient, free and full of love and fulfilling our legacy, that already exists. We have come here to get rid of all the crapola that is between here and her or here and him. So that is essential that people understand they can Use energetic states. They can use um, neuroscience to get to know the them that they're craving to remember because we're not getting it from out there. It's not someone giving it to us. All we're doing is remembering who we really are. And it's like the world throws clods of mud on our aura and into our body. And then we get the choice. We get to choose. Do I face that? Do I open into the infinite possibilities of who I am or do I stay imprisoned and attached? And that's why we're here because
1: we have that choice. I love that, you know, as far as I mean what you just said I I think, you know, especially like well one, I want to go back to what you were saying about the, you know, people we're not taught to feel those emotions we're not taught to express ourselves and and most people are you know they push and suppress their feelings down oh I shouldn't feel that way or you know and and they've been doing this for years and years right and so I'm sure by the time you see somebody and they come to you um sounds like you you know when as you're working with people that are working through menopause and you know those um those maybe older life stages that all those emotions are have been there and trapped under the surface and so what what has that process been like to help people uncover those deep repressed emotions it's been a real privilege
2: i'm in awe of these women the simplicity of going in and allowing some part of you to be loved and accepted surprises them all. You know, they all think, oh, it's going to take me years to get all this stuff through. No, the body doesn't do that to us. So I have sat in front of women and we'll go on a journey together and I'll say, you know, expect the unexpected. This might not just be about the lack of intimacy between you and your partner. There might be something here. And we've gone right back, as you can imagine, to their childhood. And, you know, one client's experience was her grandmother raised her, <clears throat> and her grandmother wasn't very good at emotions, and her mum was too busy. So she just sat in the living room for most of her childhood and behaved and was a good girl. So then all of that stuff comes up. So I just, I'm just teaching these beautiful women to be that energy to heal that particular scenario and release it. And then in the next session, the next experience will come up. And then we'll start to talk about now, feel this energy of who you really are and, and what they all start to say is, you know what? I really like myself. I have paid no attention to myself. I've been the mom, I've been the worker, I've done all the roles that society told me to do. And now that you're helping to get to know me, I really like who I am. And then they get to take that energy out into the relationship with their partner. So I teach them very simple strategies to create conversation starters so that they can take what the vibe that we get to in the session out into the world. Because it's not just about, you know, the session with me. That's great that you feel a million bucks, but you've got to go out into the real world now. One woman said to me recently, she said, I I feel like a different person than when we started together. Now, the one that blows me away the most is a woman that just emailed me out of the blue. and, And this happens all the time. And isn't it lovely when you just think someone trusts you enough to ask your advice and I record an audio. So every time a client just even approaches me, I just feel into them that what they write for me. And I just record audio because I prefer to talk than write. And I just gave this lady a couple of suggestions. Six hours later, she emailed me back. She said, you've already helped me. I haven't even signed up to be your client. You've already helped me. I did this, this and this, and this, this and this happens. I can't thank you enough. You will be hearing from me. So... Like if that happens, like you just sit back and you just say every piece of crap that happened to me is worth it, that I can turn it into helping these people like this. Now then they get to choose. Do they build on that resilience? Do they allow that expansion of themselves? How far into their world do they take the experiences and the self-remembrance beyond the sessions they do with me? And a beautiful man emailed me, and I had an, a, the first man to email me. And then I then I clicked. You know, this is as much about the partners as the women. These postmenopausal issues that nobody talks about. And so then my whole world just exploded. It's like, oh yeah, like these men—they're they, clueless, the poor things. They don't know how to talk about these intimacy issues with their partner, and they're confiding in me. And, and that just feels like that's what I came here to do. Like I found what I came here to do. And it may not make me a millionaire. And that's okay. This is about making people feel safe to talk about what's going on for them. So whether it's a paid client or a video on YouTube or an email exchange, all of those ways are ways that I can give people hope. That's what they say to me. You give me hope that this situation will
0: improve. And I, uh, I really appreciate that you, uh, you put the guy's perspective (laughs) on the menopause thing. I actually, um, I remember when my mom was going through menopause, I was a teenager and I had no idea what the hell was going on. You know, one, one minute she would, she would be very calm and, you know, just kind of loving. And then It was literally, I mean, I would just see it right before my eyes, She would just transform into this person and would just be really mean and, you know, irritable and all and all that kind of stuff. And I had no idea what was going on, you know, and you know me being a teenager what's the matter with you mom you know why why are you doing this and i don't know why she really didn't know either yeah and i i mean i could have begun to imagine how how it is for the woman to go you know to go through the menopause and the postmenopausal uh, stuff but being a child that experienced their mom do it i mean that that was something that you know it it embedded in my brain i i could remember it like it was yesterday um so I, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of the, the other side of things from a male perspective and from a, a, a children perspective, you know, uh, how, how can the spouse or the husband or the partner and the child, how can they kind of you know, help support the the woman that's going through this. Help it, maybe make it, you know, kind of ease ease the pain a little bit. You know, how how were they able to, um, yeah, like I said, like, kind of help support them and realize that, wait a minute, she's not, you know, just mad at me for no reason. What can I do to to kind of help?
2: You know, most of the time she doesn't know what's going on in her own body. <laughs> it's like the rug, the rug gets pulled out from under you and you don't know yourself and and of course the symptomology is very vast some some women menopause doesn't even touch the sides and they're like what's wrong with you hot flushes some women are like your mom right and they're the devil one minute and they're your mom the next minute i think the most important thing to do is to to name the elephant in the room because walking on eggshells around each other waiting for the next blow up you're on edge She's on edge. She gets triggered by you being on edge and everybody's everybody's frazzled nervous systems are all cohabitating. So a really easy thing you can do as the partner of the woman without wanting to fix her or solve the problem for her is just acknowledge for her that something really weird is going on in her life. Something like, I have no idea what this is like for you, honey, but I can really feel that you're, you're all over the shop and you're struggling with this. I'm here for you. So you're acknowledging, number one, that what she's going through is welcome in the container of your relationship because there's her stuff, there's your stuff as the partner and then there's the container of the relationship. And it needs to be a really safe place because she's freaking out over here you're freaking out over there. So if you name what's going on, this is really weird. Like it feels like we're both really changing at the moment. I don't know how to, f- to help you, my love, but I'm here for you. Simple. You've given her permission to share a little bit about what's going on and not feel like you're, you're waiting to pounce on her or you're running scared. And that gives you permission to open up a little bit as well with her. There's a lot of awkwardness comes into the relationship. Things like, you know, she's um, trying to avoid being around the family. You're trying to avoid her. You're going out more often. All of those things create this sense of, of unsafety in the home. Now, if you think about the world out there, there's plenty of chaos and confusion out there. Home really needs to be our safe harbour. So name the elephant in the room. Go for a walk together. Do something together that is non-confrontational, that is about creating a space. Because sitting face-to-face with someone and having them grill you about your menopausal system, symptoms is not going to help because you feel already dishevelled And now you're having to flip and justify to this dude that's known you forever why you've completely changed. So we create a a, a safe intimacy container, go for a walk through the bush, we call it the bush in Australia, where you're both like walking together, you're in each other's energy and you get one or two minutes each where you just get to talk about what's going on for you. It's not personal. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to fix me but this is what's going on for me. So you have a turn. Might just be sitting on the couch together looking at the view. Thank you, my darling. Then you have a turn and you say something. And you might not even talk about it for another two weeks, but can you see how that's going to give you the opportunity to be seen and heard? Because that's often all we need. We don't need our husband to sort these problems out. We just need him to love us and accept that this is okay, this weird dynamic is okay, and that we're in this together. And so the same would go for a child, you know, just give your mum a hug and say, mum, this menopause thing, it's crazy. You're a hot mess, mum, but geez, I love you and I'm here for you. I mean, she's going to cry. Right? Because you, you you feel like you are turning into a different person. And you don't want to lose the love and support of your family, but you also want to strangle them sometimes, you know. I often talk about that. All the things that you've just tolerated and put up within your relationships, they are like torpedoes inside you when you're going through menopause. So just naming it, reminding the, the woman that you love her and that you care for her. Is there anything I can do to help, Mum? And she might just say, Would you just do the washing up, please? And that will be an enormous help to her. Is there anything I can do to help? The most beautiful suggestion you can offer to anyone that's struggling. And I'll just finish on this piece, the nervous system aspect. The very first thing our nervous system is looking for is social engagement. So when we are in our fight or flight, if someone gives us the eye contact, the tone of voice that makes us feel safe, gives off the energy of acceptance. Your nervous system just goes, so that's why when we're a kid, if we don't get that social engagement from our caregivers, the trauma patterns set in and our nervous system goes on a whole other journey if social engagement isn't met. So, yeah, I hope they're helpful suggestions, Sam. Certainly from my experience, they, they've been very powerful because nobody really knows what they're doing. But if you just acknowledge that you're here for each other, it's a great start.
0: No, and that was uh, some very helpful suggestions. And I appreciate that. And one of the things that you said as far as, you know, a partner, a male partner standpoint is, yeah, we, we, we do, we, we try to be the fixers. You know, so the, the first thing we think of is how can I fix this situation? you know? So to kind of step back out of yourself, you know, instead of saying, how can I fix this? Like you said, how can I be of service? How can I help? You know? And, and if she lays into you and says, just go do the damn dishes and leave me the hell alone, then you go do the damn dishes and you leave her the hell alone. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. So no, that, that was very good. Uh, very good tips. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: And I'm wondering, too, is there like a, have you seen a connection between, you know, how much, um, how severe the menopausal symptoms are versus like how much repressed trauma they might still have that hasn't been processed? No,
2: because menopause can also have all of the other factors about hormonal imbalances and other sort of medical things that is not my area of expertise. But what I have seen is the degree of difficulty of their nervous system to let them go into the stuff that's coming up in menopause, definitely related to the degree of trauma. You know that deer in the headlights look that you get from people when you're talking to them? That's a traumatized system. So I can tell from the first conversation I've had with a client where I can see their face how much disconnection there is from the inner experience. But their menopausal symptoms could be tied up with all sorts of other things that are going on as well. So to answer your question, there has not been a direct relationship, but I can already get a sense when I see this, this woman how disconnected she is from her body and therefore that's going to definitely affect how gently and slowly I work forward with her because the menopause is just is the, the manifestation of the issue. The menopause isn't necessarily the problem. Menopause is the rite of passage beyond your time as a mother into your time as a wise woman. And you're not going to be able to walk through that rite of passage if you're holding on to all the shit. Oh, sorry, to all of the stuff. Aussies (laughs) like to swear a lot.
0: (laughs) You're holding
2: on to all of the stuff from your childhood or your marriage or your work life that never quite got where you want it to go. You're not going to be able to walk through this spiritual awakening opportunity that menopause is. Because the universe is going to say to you, my love, there are some things you need to address first so that you can move through menopause with some sense of ease and pride and ownership. I mean, I'm 52 now. I had a very early menopause, 40, because of the chemotherapy. But I've watched these women, 55, 60-year-old women sit in front of me, and they gain pride in themselves. And they're, they're like, yeah, I do matter. So that's what menopause can give you. But it has to be from the, from the place of facing all the stuff that you haven't yet faced. And so I get a little bit frustrated when I watch all these videos about menopause on YouTube talking about it's about your hormones. It's about, oh, take this supplement. We're masking what we are missing on the inside. So I can very quickly tell when I see a woman sit in front of me how much access she has to her inner truths
1: versus how
2: tenderly I'm going to have to work and support her
1: Mm. and I think that makes a lot of sense I mean you know and a lot of people I think you know are very disconnected from their bodies and you know and and as we have that repressed trauma you know it can create dis-ease in our bodies and create symptoms to become worse. And yeah, those symptoms of menopause and even those hormonal imbalances, I think sometimes can be a product of, you know, that dis-ease in the body, um, you know, and how our body is, it's just showing up as the symptoms. And when we start to connect with that and really embody um, the practices you're referring to, and really embody the acceptance and love for ourselves, um, I think that can start to to shift things. Um, we just have to really begin to connect with that. And so, I'm wondering, um, you know, what what would you say the significance of shadow work is, um, in your opinion, in the work with, that you do? everything
2: you know we can't get to our light we can't feel the light move through our physical body if it's chock full of the density of our shadow we're not going to come to those realizations of how special and magnificent we are if we can't feel that within us and allow the light to be shone on the dark places and i always talk about the two want to be in balance with each other you know, going into the shadow doesn't mean you're going to live in the dark forever or that you're not going to be able to, you know, sit at the dinner table tonight and have dinner with your family. It means that you simply get to love and attend and care for a part of yourself that you haven't got to yet. And I I say to my clients, every time you ignore a repressed emotion, every time you don't let yourself go into the shadow you are telling a part of yourself, you don't even matter. And when you feel the impact of that in your body, it's like, ah, yeah, I am telling my 5-year-old, 8-year-old, 13-year-old self, I don't have time for you. I'm too busy being angry or I'm too busy numbing out with alcohol. And that's another pain that we feel. So the shadow is merely there for you to bring the light to it. And your attention, your love, you're speaking out loud what you feel. And then the women get to see that my shadow is actually a gift. Breast cancer was a gift. And you speak to a lot of, any woman who's had breast cancer and we we secretly whisper to each other, don't tell anyone, but it was actually a good thing because it was a reminder. Something is out of alignment here if you can't feel your feelings, if you're exploding all of the time at your family, if you are completely triggered by your partner because they're driving you nuts, something is in alignment in your life. So whatever is repressed inside of you, and we are a physical dense body, we are so dense that our body holds on to something that happened to us when we were three. And little do we know that shadow is still inside of us. So there is not a client session that that doesn't go by where I don't address their shadow stuff, but in an empowering way, because what I want them to see is that they can trust their shadow. Their shadow is worth going into because the gold that comes on the other side, it's like, oh, I didn't even know I could feel this good, you know, and that can happen in three minutes in a session doesn't have to be a 90-minute session twice a week for three years you know i've got clients that see psychologists and that's awesome that's wonderful but three years later they're still seeing a psychologist twice a week it's like okay let's play with your body let's play with what's going on in here let's use your body as an ally for your healing not as something that you need to cut off and ignore it's just essential
1: and recognizing that, you know, to feel good, you know, to feel joy, to feel, you know, these like really powerful, positive emotions, we have to go into the depths of the the darkness and the shadow, because we can't go as deep as we want to on one side without going as deep as we want to on the other, there's got to be this level of um, balance and, you know, going in. And I think, there's a lot of fear that people have with doing the shadow work, like what's going to come up, you know, are they going to get stuck in that, those feelings for too long, you know, are they going to lose control, you know, these kinds of things. And so what are some of those um, tools or um, advice that you would give for someone that, um, you know, are, they are afraid to really go into the depths of their shadow.
0: Mm -hmm
2: when they very quickly get to understand that it's just a point in time where they didn't get their needs met then their 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 love their their motherly nurturing instincts come through and they want to offer that to themselves and I just create the structure for them to do it. they're doing it all So it very quickly turns from a a fear of the unknown into a desire to support all those versions of themselves and it happens time and time again and then they get courageous because they start to trust themselves. But I would never take a client on an emotional journey without first addressing what's going on in their nervous system and then that piece of it for them gives them a practical tool that they can do on their own without me. Because, of course, the goal of all of this is that you take what you've learnt from me and you employ it for the rest of your life, go forth and thrive. So between sessions, I've got clients doing their muscle tremoring and I'll send them a guided meditation, which addresses something that we they wanted to work on a little bit in between sessions. So they're getting to see... Every time I feel the fear, I feel my resistance, my 40 years of resistance of feeling this stuff, and I say to it, hello, old friend, I feel you, I'm here for you, and they speak to that fear. And you just have a conversation with fear. And you let it know that it it played a beautiful role. Yes, you kept me safe. Now, can we work together because I'm really interested what's on the, just on the other side of the fear? And fear will say, oh, of course, let's do this together because it was just, it just played a role, you know, our anger, our fear, it played a role in keeping us safe. Our nervous system is just trying to help us survive. But we're carrying all that survival energy through to right now, in this now moment. And when people get to see that, ah, I can thank that energy, but let it move to the side because I want to see what's on the other side of it. And people are doing this for themselves in their heads and their bodies while they're driving to work, knowing they're going to have to see this person that triggers them. So, because they've learned this thing, they can go on this energetic journey of meeting the part of themselves that feels the anger. It's just another part of you that needs your attention. It's not rocket science. And the more you do it, the more courageous and capable you feel and you recognize when the next trigger comes. And what happens over years of doing this work, because I'm like, you know, 20-odd years of doing this stuff for myself, is past life stuff starts to come up and we get all metaphysical and that's awesome fun but let's just start with the body and what's happening in your everyday
1: world right now. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it it can, you can go really deep with the healing work, you know, and in so many different realms with the past life and, you know, working with different energy tools and, you know, spiritual things. So, but I think it's, it's important to note too, that, you know, just starting with the fundamentals and starting with the focusing on the body that foundation building that foundation for someone who's just building you know learning to even just trust their body and and feel safe in their body and feel like that's a place that they can go for you know that and that's going to be there and they can go in there and, and start to really connect with it in a way that they may never you know have felt connected to it because they've dissociated from it for so long so bringing it back to the body I think is yeah fundamentally um, really important so absolutely and so I'm wondering if you can share maybe some tools that people can use to help them in their everyday life um, some things that they can do on their journey um, just to help support them in their own healing
2: yeah yeah so giving, carving out, you know, 15, 20 minutes for yourself where you're not going to get interrupted by anyone and just um, bringing all your energy back, all the the ways you've leaked your energy out, doing all the things and just imagine it all coming in and just resting around you, tuning into your body. I call this the the 4S process. Tune into your body and start to feel, where can I feel, where's my attention drawn? Oh, I can feel a little bit of something going on in my left shoulder. So just sensing it, going, ah, oh, yep, yeah, I can feel that. It... Now just see it go into your mind's eye. And some people will see images of, you know, fire or, or a rock or something in their shoulders. So we're just acknowledging it, just sensing it. We're seeing it. and Then imagine yourself coming in as the wise divine um, self that you are coming in and just holding space for that part just sitting there and observing it and ask it i'm here how can i support you and get it to speak so that's the next s let this energy speak and some people feel emotion and i, I don't do this in two minutes this you know this is a longer process some people start to feel a, a wave of emotion and i'll say great energy is because emotion is just energy, yeah. Let's not label it as good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it just feels really tight, and it feels like I can't get my breath in there. So there's a descriptive process, and just by bringing your consciousness to it, it's already shifting. Oh, I can see myself when I was five. Da, da da. And they'll get some sort of memory happening, and that generally happens, like some aspect of their history comes up. So you get to. See sense it, feel the sensations of this energy in you. You get to go in and see it. You get to speak it. What does this part in here want to say? And I often give the analogy of here, give it a microphone and let it actually say what you've been unready to say. And sometimes they'll just make sound because expression is essential, right? This throat chakra thing, we've all been silenced. We've all been told, don't talk like that. Don't express, don't cry. So I'm giving them the safety of just make some sound. If this pain in your shoulder could make a sound, what would that sound be? You have no idea how hard it is for people just to do that because this is restricted with self-consciousness or whatever. And then when we've gone on this little dialogue, the next one is just to surrender into the reconnection. Because inevitably what happens, we go on this little journey where a realisation happens or love comes up and you get to love this part this part of you. Because it just says, I just need you to notice me nine times out of ten. I just need you to hug me is often what it will say. So you do that energetically and then you say, I'm going to be back. I'm going to come back and spend more time with you too. This isn't the end. Is there anything I can do for you before I go? And, and often what will happen is you'll remove your attention away and you'll leave that younger version of you happily drawing crayons on a, on a piece of paper or playing in the garden because you've just served, you've just reparented and met their needs. So that's a go-to practice I use all the time. Here's another one that people absolutely love and get blown away by. So I say stand up. And stand like in an imaginary circle. And I want you to feel your body in the anger or the frustration or whatever the uncomfortable thing is. Let it inhabit your body. Now, this is only after I've taught them that it's safe to be in their body. This isn't session one, unit one. And I'll say, okay, feel it in your feet, right? And let your body express it because breath, sound and movement are your tools for healing. And so they'll say, Oh, I want to shake my hands. And I'll say, Perfect, shake your hands. And then I'll let your body express this. Is there any sound that wants to come? <clears throat> Whatever the sound is. And I'll say, Beautiful. Now, pause a moment with me. Take a huge step to your right, new circle on the
0: floor, and stand in the energy of the opposite of that. Ah. <sighs> Ooh.
1: Because. We live in a dualistic society.
2: So we know the polarities. We've lived this before. We know this. We know that the hard one, but we know the antidote. It wouldn't be coming up in our consciousness if we didn't know the antidote. That's how wise we are. So then they stand in that circle a while and I say, what is the opposite of what you felt over there? And they'll say peace or whatever it is. What does peace feel like in your body? oh, that's nice, oh, I feel like a ballet dancer or whatever it is, and I'll say fabulous. Step back to the first circle. Okay, and I get them to move between the two. And they go, oh, wow, I can actually feel the opposite of this one. I prefer this one. Ding, neuroscience. You have tricked your brain into that other state because it doesn't know the difference between whether you're in a real-life situation or you're just... Imagining this, right? That's how how we can use the neuroscience. And then I'll say, which do you prefer? Ah, oh, I prefer this one over here. It's okay. Imagine yourself talking to this person. Imagine yourself doing that thing that you've been so fraught about from this energy. Picture it. Oh wow, that's good. Now, tomorrow when they go back to that real life situation, it might not be so dreamy as it was with me, but they have felt it. They have let their nervous system, their cell walls, their fascia in their body reorganise itself around the frequency of the opposite. They know it exists now. And what I do with more practice students is I get them to move between the two really, really quickly so that then it's like centre. And they end up centred and balanced. And they're like, I'm not that and I'm not that.
1: I'm all of this. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a really great practice, you know, just because, um, it, when we can embody that feeling, that's where our body, you know, our brain really connects to it. You know, like I've told some of my clients, you know, affirmations on their own aren't going to work, but like, if you're going out and, you know, maybe go for a, a brisk walk and you know jump up and down and you know start singing those affirmations it's going to connect with the body on a such a deeper level so melissa thank you for sharing this i'm wondering if you could tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on
2: so you can find me um through my email which we'll share here mel at bodywisdom.com.au the, mo- the, the biggest outpouring of my love and energy at the moment is my YouTube channel, which is about intimacy and sexuality after menopause. But I'm starting to get like a broader kind of a lot of people are saying, well, hang on, I've, my sexuality and comfort in my intimacy has been hijacked as well, like, you know, unpleasant experiences. So I have a lot of videos on YouTube and I really recommend you start there. It's just under my name, Melissa Turnock about intimacy how to talk about intimacy what's actually going on your body why is depression a thing in menopause what's happening for our poor old husbands so that's a a starting point now i've got two things going it's it's the one-to-one stuff which you know i work in three-month containers with clients generally menopausal women at the moment but you know a woman at any stage of her life or a man at any stage of his life that resonates with what I do would be welcomed and that's a three-month container where we meet fortnightly for 90 minutes and we do this work together and then there's constant contact There's meditations provided there's worksheets you know whatever the client needs to keep the work going while they're not sitting in front of me and before we start, we set a whole lot of goals. How do you want to feel by the end? And, and I'm all about the feeling. Like and, and after session two, how are you feeling about what we talked about at the beginning? Can you feel a difference in your body? So there's this constant reminder, oh, yeah, like, oh, that doesn't even touch the sides now. So we're, we're convincing our nervous system that, that actually this is, you know, we are getting safer and feeling better. The other big project that came in direct response to questions from emails from men. Now I'm a a generator by human design strategy and generators are not meant to just go out and create, they're meant to respond. So I've learned that. Should I stay or should I go? Surviving a relationship with no intimacy and sex. This is more common than you would imagine. The question is, am I stuck in this prison forever? Or do, or do I really need to go? Now, this is about clarity that is going to serve you and the relationship. But how do we get to that clarity? We have to go on the inner journey to find our truth. Because the fear of staying in the relationship forever and, and resenting this is met just as much by the fear of how am I going to survive out of this relationship, especially for women who have financial dependence. So fear is ruling us either way. So this is a video course. And this is talking exactly what we've talked about today. What role does my nervous system play? What practices can I do? What is going on emotionally for me? What is What are my thoughts about like, a, I'm going to truth bomb my thoughts here. Like we bring the mental realm into it. And then the energetic experiences like I've shared with you today. And it's a video course that can be worked through at your own pace. But I guarantee you, if you fully commit to this, If you do the practices, you will get to the end of that and you will know, do I want to wholeheartedly throw my everything into this incredible union with this person and make this work or am I done here? And I created this course because it kept coming up. These men particularly are saying, "Um, we're dead on the inside. Neither of us is talking about this. I don't want 30 years of this. What do I do? And and just lastly on this piece, you know, my personal experience was I was married for 21 years to a gorgeous man called Alan. And we had no intimacy for eight years after the breast cancer. We got help. We went on this journey together, him, me, and together. And we agreed that we were done. And that was a success for us. It wasn't, oh, we failed. We were able to go on this journey physically, emotionally, body-based, and look at each other and go, you know what? We're done. We've, 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 this contract of you and I together is done. And he thanked me for that because he said, if you hadn't had the courage to go there, babe, we would still be in the same house living two separate lives wondering what we're missing out on so if you go on this journey you are going to free yourself and your partner from what is no longer aligned or you're going to be so excited about rebuilding and reconnecting because you're knowing in your very bone marrow that this is worth staying and this is worth working on
1: well thank you for sharing that with us and uh, we can add any of your show or your your links into our show notes. Um, so any links to your courses and your website, we would love to put put it in there so people can find you easier. Um, so thank you, Melissa, for being here today with us and sharing this space to have this beautiful conversation. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5:55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon site at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. Thank you, Heatherlyn, for providing us with your beautiful song
2: to accompany our show, Be The Love. If you would like to learn more about Heatherlyn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com.
1: And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.